0: talking to each other and getting to know each other, please go ahead and find your seats and get ready for the reading of God's Word.
1: Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, I am Joy. Um, I've been here at um, at this church for about two years, um, we started at uh, Panther Creek when it was still at Panther Creek, and then we took a little break, you know, with when everyone was shut down, and then we came back for almost two-ish years, I don't know. Um, anyways, I am going to read uh, the passage, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 35 through 49, and verse 48, so bear with me, it's a long passage. Um, okay. Okay. The, um, okay, But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. What you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps a wheat or um, of some other grain, but God gives it a body as he has chosen to each kind a seed of its own. For all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for human, another kind, uh, another for animal, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and and earthly bodies, but the glory of heaven is of one kind, the glory of earth is another. There is one glory for the sun, Another glory for the moon, and another glory for stars, for stars differ from stars in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised in spiritual body. For there is a natural body. There's also a spiritual body. Thus it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a living or life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is um, first but natural. It is then spiritual. The uh, The first man was from earth a man of dust the second man is from heaven as was man of dust is also those who are of dust and as it is man of heaven it is all those who are of heaven as we have born of the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of man of heaven and verse 58 therefore my beloved uh, beloved brothers be steadfast Immovable, always abounding in the work um, of the Lord, knowing that the Lord your labor is not in vain.
0: Amen. Thank you, Joy. Um, so we've been in a series for the past several weeks that we've been called calling hashtag blessed. Or basically, what we've been doing, we've been looking at some of the spiritual blessings that God promises to give us in Jesus Christ. And what we've seen so far is we've seen that the moment you put your faith in Jesus, the instant that you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, God justifies you and he also adopts you. And then once that happens, that begins a lifelong process of God sanctifying you or changing you to make you more like Jesus and also using you to do good works that serve him and that serve other people and make the world a better place. And today we're going to start talking about, we got two weeks left in this series, this week and next week, and for the next two weeks what we're talking about are two blessings that God has not given us yet or that we have not fully received yet, but that Jesus will give us one day when he comes back. And bear with us on this. Because let me just give you a, a kind of a, a warning about what I think happens when we talk about passages like this. We are fully getting into the, this sounds too good to be true territory, okay? Um, if you're here and maybe you're not a Christian, maybe you'll even be tempted to think, you know, this is, why, this is why I don't believe in all this Bible stuff. Because, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, try to be a good person, be generous. I, I, I get all that But man, some of this stuff just seems fantastical and just otherworldly. It just seems full-on too good to be true, okay? Because what we're talking about today is that when Jesus comes back, he is going to give those of us who belong to him a new body, okay? And this is one of those messages, again, where Satan hates these types of messages, and the reason he hates these messages, the reason he hates these truths, is because if, if this really lands on you today, if this really sinks deep into your heart, if you don't just accept this like, a, oh, yeah, I, I know resurrection of the dead, whatever, okay, I believe that theological principle, if you really believe this today, if this sinks deep into your heart, then you're going to go home a different person, okay? So let me pray for us and ask God to give us strength to hear and to believe. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, your promises are unbelievable. They would be unbelievable if they weren't so true. God, we praise you because you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the God that promises amazing things and then delivers on every single one of those promises. So, God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning and for myself. God, give us power. Give us power not just to believe intellectually, but to believe in our hearts so that we're changed by this and so that it affects the way we live when we go out into the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... Jesus says that when he comes back, he will give you a new body if you belong to him, if you're a disciple of Jesus. Now, let's think about this for a second. I think that people in general, and I'll say Americans in particular, I think we have a pretty complicated relationship with our bodies, all right? Our bodies are something that we think about a lot, don't usually talk about that much in church, like, you know, physical bodies. But I think our bodies are something we have a complicated relationship with, right? It is very hard, I'll say especially in America, it's very hard to not go to an extreme when it comes to how you view or how you treat your body. And here's what I mean. On the one hand, every single person in this room, there is enough candy (laughs) and alcohol and junk food and internet for any any person in this room who wanted to to eat and drink and entertain yourself into an early grave, if you chose to. It is so tempting, isn't it, to not take care of our bodies. There's just so much that tempts us. On the other hand, we have access to so much technology. We have access to so much research, to so much data, to so much science so much social media where we can see what people are doing in all different parts and different places of the world that it is possible and it is tempting to spend all of your time to spend all of your money to spend all of your energy on health foods on exercise programs on fashion on you know biohacks on researching medicine and and things like that so most people I would say most of of us in this room, including myself, we probably tend to one of these two extremes. Either on the one hand, we tend to neglect our bodies, or on the other hand, we tend to be obsessed with our bodies. And so here's the question that we're talking about today. How should we view our physical bodies? Now, what we're seeing today is that Jesus cares a lot about our physical bodies, He cares about our physical bodies so much that when he comes back, he's going to give us a new one, just like he has a new one. So what we're going to do today is two things. We're going to look at, first of all, what type of body is Jesus going to give those of us who belong to him when he comes back? What's that body going to be like? And then second of all, in light of that, in light of the new body that will be given when Jesus comes back, how should we treat the physical bodies that we currently have? Okay, sound good? All right, let's look at this passage that Joy just read for us. So um, the background of this passage is that Paul is writing, this guy named Paul, he's a pastor and he's a missionary, he's writing about 2,000 years ago to a group of Christians, very similar to us, who lived in a very metropolitan area, a a growing, very much prosperous area, the city called Corinth. And he's writing to remind them that the resurrection of Jesus is not just a fairy tale, it's not just a myth, it's a historical fact that actually happened. And he says because of that, because Jesus' resurrection, his physical, literal, bodily resurrection from the dead, that's not just a myth, it's not just a fairy tale, it's something that actually happened. Because of that, when Jesus comes back, he, he is also going to cause us to be resurrected from the dead, those of us who belong to him. And that is why, for those of us that are Christians, the resurrection is not just something that we believe in, though we do believe in it, the resurrection is something that we get to participate in, not something we just believe in, it's something we get to participate in. And so in verse 35 through 41, he gives us an idea, he gives us a metaphor or an image of what our new body is going to be like. He said our body's going to be like a seed. Look at what verse 37 says. He says, and what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other type of grain. So what he's saying is that your current physical body that you have right now is like a seed. All right, go ahead and put this, uh, this next picture up on the screen. So if you look at, look at this picture here. So When I look at this tree, it's a beautiful, majestic oak tree. I have no idea how old it is, maybe hundreds of years old, maybe even more, right? But isn't this just the type of tree that you'd love to kind of sit under and have a picnic or maybe just, you know, read a book or, or relax underneath? Doesn't that tree just look beautiful? Doesn't it look majestic? Wouldn't you love to be able to look out of your window in your house or your apartment, and have a view of a tree like that? What Paul is saying here is something that's scientifically true, which is that you look at the most majestic, most glorious, strongest, biggest oak tree, and it started with an acorn that was about this big, okay? And it started with this little unimpressive acorn that could fit between two fingers, with it dying, so to speak, and then being buried by going into the ground, and then it being raised up again to new life. And so you you look at the oak tree, and then you look at the acorn. The oak tree came from the acorn. The oak tree is made from the same material as the acorn. The acorn grew into the oak tree. So in many ways, it's very similar to the acorn, the oak tree is. But in other ways, it's very, it's very different. And so what Paul is trying to tell us is that our current physical bodies are like that acorn that will, that will die if Jesus doesn't come back first and then be buried in the ground. But then one day when Jesus returns, we'll be raised up with a new body that will be similar to what our current bodies are like, but will also be very different in significant ways, too. Just like the oak tree is both similar and very different from the acorn that was its seed. Okay? So that's the first point, that our bodies are like seeds. This is a quote I want to read to you by a woman named Johnny Erickson Tada. I know some of you have heard of her. She is a, a Christian woman who when she was a, a young girl, she, um, she hurt herself and got paralyzed from the shoulders down uh, in a swimming accident. And so she lived her entire life uh, as a, a woman who loved to, to do lots of things and was very adventurous, but she was paralyzed from the shoulders down. Okay, this is what she says when she reflects on the new body that this current body is just a seed of. This is what she says. She says, somewhere in my broken Paralyzed body is the seed of what I shall become. Paralysis makes what I am to become all the more grand when you contrast the atrophied, useless legs against the splendorous, resurrected legs. I'm convinced that if there are mirrors in heaven, and why wouldn't there be? The image that I will see will be unmistakably Johnny, although it will be a much better and brighter Johnny. Do you see what she's saying there? She's saying this woman who has, who's paralyzed, who can't move her legs, can't really use her arms, she's saying, when I get to heaven, I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm not going to see something that's unrecognizable. I'm going to see me, but it's going to be a, a glorified me, a better me, a, 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 a renewed me, it's going to be a splendorous me, is what she says. But what's this going to look like in particular? Well, for the rest of this passage, in verses 42 through 44, Paul uses four adjectives to describe what our new bodies will be like after, after the acorn grows into the oak tree, so to speak. He uses four adjectives in verse 42. He says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead, just like the the seed and then the the tree that it grows into. He says, what is sown is perishable, but what is raised is imperishable. So because of, of sin in the world and in each of our lives, the punishment, the penalty for sin is that our bodies are all perishing, which means our bodies, they wear out, They break down, and eventually, they're going to die. And that's what it means to perish. And what Paul is saying here is that you will be raised with a new body that is imperishable, that will not ever perish. So listen to me very carefully, because I think this is something that, this really hits home for a lot of us. A lot of us feel this in our gut, don't we? I know Because I've talked to you, that there are people in this room right now who are experiencing the perishing of your body in very real and painful ways. I know because I've had conversations with you, there are people in this room right now that struggle every single day with chronic pain. There are people that struggle with chronic illness people that have migraines, people that have diabetes, people that have crippling anxiety and depression, people that have debilitating allergies where it's like you can't hardly go to a restaurant or you're going to be exposed to something that could possibly kill you, people that are in wheelchairs, people that have disabilities, people that have handicaps. And what this Text is saying is that for you right now, I know there are some of you that we can't necessarily see it when we look at you, but it's like every single day of your life, you're carrying around a giant 50 pound weight around your neck because your body is not working the way God designed it to. And that's becoming more apparent every single day. And every single day, that weight gets a little bit more burdensome to carry and what Paul is saying here, what Jesus is promising us is that when he comes back all of those burdens are going to be lifted no more insulin pumps no more wheelchairs no more pain medication our bodies are going to be restored and they're going to work the, same, the way that God designed them to that's number one Our bodies will be raised as imperishable. Number two, in verse 43, look at what it says. The first part of 43, it says, Our body, the seed, is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. Number two, our bodies, our physical bodies, our new bodies that we'll receive will be glorious. The word glory in the Bible, it usually refers to the outward, physical, expression or manifestation of God's holiness. In other words, glory is often something that you can see. When Moses saw the glory of God, you remember what happened to his face? He came back and his face was literally shining. It was shining so bright, people were afraid to look at him. That's the glory of God. Here's what this is saying is that our new resurrection bodies are going to be beautiful. They're going to be beautiful. Now listen to me. Our God is beautiful. Our God made sunsets. Our God made lilies. Our God made the universe. Our God is a beautiful God. We were created to reflect his Glory, not just what we do, but in our physical bodies. So, every one of us in here this morning, we all have a God given desire. It gets distorted a lot, but it's a God given desire that we could reflect the beauty and the majesty and the awesomeness of God with our physical bodies. We all have, I believe it's a God given desire that people would look at us and be amazed at the beauty that they see and then give glory to God because of it. But think about what happens today. So often, you know, we we have that desire in us to just be radiating beauty, but then you go look in the mirror and you just feel like you're bland. You ever felt that way before? You just feel like, oh, just unimpressive. You ever feel that way? And then you go look on Instagram and you see the Instagram models with all the photoshopped, you know, all, the, all that type of stuff. And, and you just feel so inferior. You're just like, oh my goodness, it's, you know, I, I'm, I don't look like what I want to look like. I'm not pleased with the way that I look. This is what this text says. So often we respond to that by trying to obsess about our bodies. There are currently about 29 million people in America that struggle with eating disorders, including about 15% of women in America will struggle with an eating disorder at some point in their life. Last year, Americans spent about $12 billion on cosmetic plastic surgery. Why, Why is that? We have this desire to be beautiful, but we look in the mirror or look on Instagram and we're just like, oh. Here's the problem. When you look in the mirror and you're unimpressed with what you're, what you're seeing, that's like looking at that little acorn, remember the acorn that we started with? Looking at that little acorn and being like, hmm, it's not a very impressive oak tree. Look at that acorn, it's so small. It doesn't even have any leaves, Right? What this is saying is that when Jesus comes back and gives you a new body, it will be a body that absolutely glows, absolutely radiates with the beauty of the glory of God. This is what C.S. Lewis says um, in in a uh, uh, a 20th century uh, Christian professor and theologian This is what he says, and I love reading this because it's so different from the way we typically think about our bodies. As he uses his divinely inspired imagination to think about what our bodies are going to be like after Jesus comes back. What he says, I love this so much. He says that when you look into the eyes of the most homely, average looking, don't look around, When you look into the eyes of the most ordinary, unimpressive Christian, remember that you were looking into the eyes of somebody whom if you could see what they're going to look like one day after Jesus comes back and gives them a new body, you would be tempted to bow down and worship them. Because one day, each of us will have a glorious, beautiful body that makes the most attractive celebrity or the most impressive Instagram model look ugly. Number two, our new bodies will be glorious. Number three, in in the end of verse 43, he says, our bodies are sown in weakness, but they're raised in power. Think with me for a second about the things that you love to do. Think about the things that you love to do. I really enjoy playing... Basketball. I love playing sports and I also really love playing music. Not very good at playing music, not all that great at playing sports, but I but I enjoy it. My my wife, Lindsay, she loves taking care of animals. There's something about her that just comes alive when she's able to care for for, for an animal, whether it's a cat or whether it's a horse or, or a bird or something like that. My my dad, my father, he loves to make things with his hands, furniture, or uh, different things around the house. Some of you I know love exploring. You love creating art. You love, you love hiking. You, you love You love sports. You love different things that we do with our physical bodies. And this is what this passage is saying. Our new resurrection bodies will be powerful. Not only are they going to not get sick, Not only are they going to not get cancer, not only are they going to not have chronic pain, but they're going to be powerful, they're going to be strong, they're going to be more skilled and stronger than our little weak acorn bodies are right now. And so imagine for a second being able to spend as long as you want, how long? As long as you want, doing the things that you love to do most with hands that are more skilled than these hands, with with a mind that's more creative than your current mind is, with more access to resources and collaboration, imagine how much fun that would be to live in a place where we can use a stronger, more powerful body to do the things that we love to do most for all of eternity. So our, our resurrection bodies, they will be imperishable, they'll be glorious, And they'll be powerful. Number four, in verse 44, he says, our bodies are sown a natural body and raised up a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Now, this is a verse that trips some people up, because when we think spiritual, we think not physical. We think of spirit as being something that is not physical. And by the way, this is why a lot of people, including me before I started to understand this more, are not really that excited about heaven. Because we think we're just going to be a disembodied spirit kind of floating along next to a cloud with an angel playing a harp or something like that. And that doesn't sound very fun, does it? But this is not saying when it says that our new bodies will not be natural, but instead will be spiritual What it means, it's not that we'll be a disembodied spirit. The word spiritual is not talking about spiritual as opposed to physical. It's talking about spiritual as opposed to sinful. See, every single one of us in this room struggles with sin, with addictions, with bad habits, with bitterness, with with things that you would love to stop and you you try to stop and you make some progress, but then you, you, you fall off the wagon. All of us struggle with sin. That struggle is hard sometimes, isn't it? Isn't it? All of us struggle with sin. But what this is saying is that our new body is going to be like Jesus' resurrected body. And that it's going to be completely spiritual. It will be completely filled with and under the control and under the direction of the Holy Spirit. It will be completely submitted to the Holy Spirit, which means one day that struggle with sin is going to be over. So try to imagine this with me, and it's so hard because we've never lived in a world where when we're doing something pleasurable or enjoyable, sin is not just crouching right around the corner. Isn't that crazy? When you're doing something you enjoy, sin is just right there ready to ruin it, isn't it? But we're talking about eternity in a body where we can enjoy the things that are good about having physical bodies but with no other temptations or sins. So think about this. This means that one day we'll be able to have intimacy like we've never experienced before, but without even the slightest trace of lust or shame. We'll be able to enjoy eating and drinking, better food and drink than you could ever imagine, without gluttony and without drunkenness. We'll be able to be enthusiastic and passionate without getting angry at each other. We'll be able to have wealth without greed. We'll be able to have power and status without pride. So to summarize, our new resurrection bodies, they will be imperishable, they'll be glorious, they'll be powerful, and they'll be spiritual. And Paul summarizes all of this in verse 49, where he says, Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's Adam, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. That's Jesus. Or as it says in Philippians, when he returns, he will transform our lowly bodies, our acorn bodies, to become like his glorious body. And Jesus, if you go back and look at the accounts after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus was not a disembodied spirit. He had a physical body that could move, that could walk, that could eat, that could drink, that could talk, that could be touched. But with all of the upgrades that we've just been talking about and that Paul's just described. So what does this mean for us? Well, what do we do with this? Like I said, if this really lands on you, and maybe some of you are struggling right now, Maybe you're sitting here right now and thinking, really? Really? Is that really going to happen? I mean, is, isn't that just something that you know the Bible wants to tell us so we'll try to be good people today? No, really. Paul says it's really going to happen for those of us who belong to Jesus. And I said at the beginning, if we really believe this, it's going to transform the way you think. You're going to go home a different person. How should we respond to this? In verse 58, Paul gives us the the answer to that question. So go ahead and skip all the way down to the end of the passage in verse 58. So he's gone through and he's described what these new resurrection bodies are going to be like. And then in verse 58, he says, therefore, my beloved brothers, so therefore, because you know that your current body is the acorn that's going to grow into the oak tree, because you will one day receive a body that is imperishable, that is glorious, that is powerful, that is spiritual, just like Jesus' body, therefore, he says, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. He says... Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. So first of all, he says, be steadfast and immovable. When you are struggling with something going wrong in your body, there are very few things, maybe even nothing more demoralizing than having your body not work the way God intended it to. I remember back in 2016, for various reasons, my body just decided to stop sleeping, and I struggled with chronic insomnia for, for about, about a year or so. And that was one of the darkest periods of my life. Like, it was miserable. You can only, I don't care who you are, I don't, I don't care how strong your faith is, you can only take so much of your physical body betraying you before you start to ask the questions like, God, where are you? God, are, are you real? And, and start to wonder, like, well, what's going on here? Is, is God, is it that God's not real or is he just not powerful? Does he just not care about me? Have I been a bad person? Is he punishing me? What's the deal? And some of you are he, are there right now. Some of you maybe even didn't want to come to church this morning because you think about the things that are happening inside your body and you're like, really, would a loving God allow that to happen? I'm not so sure. I think I'll just sleep in, Right? but I'm glad you're here. And what this is saying is that we need to be steadfast and immovable. The image here is like a soldier who's getting bombarded from every side, who's having enemies attack him, who's getting, who's, who's getting shot at from the air, but it's just like, I am not going to abandon my post. <laughs> I am staying here. I'm going to be faithful. So the first thing that we do to respond to this is that no matter what doubts we have, no matter what challenges or discouragement we're facing, be steadfast and immovable. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on yourself. Don't just, you know, again, like I said, any one of us that wants to, you, know, you can say, hey, I've had enough. It's just going to be alcohol and candy and Netflix for the rest of my life. All right? Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your faith. Be steadfast And immovable. Why? Because one day it's going to be worth it. Because one day when you're in that new, glorified, powerful, spiritual, imperishable body, this is all going to feel like it's worth it. I want to go back to what Johnny Erickson Tata said from the quote that I read. And again, I would encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're suffering with something like that, and you're discouraged because of something going wrong with your body... Instead of giving up on your faith or giving up on yourself, have this same attitude that Johnny Erickson Tata has. She says, the paralysis, which is what I curr- she currently has, she says, my paralysis makes what I am going to become all the more grand when you contrast the atrophied, useless legs against the splendorous, resurrected legs that I'm going to have one day. So when you're discouraged because your body's not working the way it's supposed to, don't use that as a reason to give up on your faith or give up on God or give up on yourself. Instead, be steadfast and be immovable and use it as a reminder to think about how good it will be when those burdens are lifted and all of those things that are broken are healed. I've told you guys this before, and I love this, I love this little snippet from Charles Dickens' um, Christmas carol. With, with little Tiny Tim, the, the little crippled boy, uh, who's one of the heroes of the story. And he says, he, he goes to church, and he comes back, and he tells his father, he says, he says, Daddy, I hope when people look at me, this little crippled boy, that they will be reminded of the God who makes lame men walk and blind men see. So when you see your physical body perishing today, be reminded of the God who one day is going to transform your lowly body to be like his glorious body. And number two, he says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And Ben, you can go ahead and come back up. Um, Like I said at the beginning, we all tend to go to one extreme or the other, don't we? Either we neglect our bodies and just kind of indulge our bodies, you know, candy, Netflix, alcohol, whatever, or we obsess over our bodies right? We're, we're neglecting or, or we're obsessing. But what Paul is saying here is that in light of the fact that you're going to get a new body one day, how should you live? He's saying you should focus not on your body, but on the good works that God has called you to do. Because you know that one day you're going to get a resurrected body, focus on being abounding in good works. We talked about this last week, right? You're not a trophy, you're a what? You're a tool. You're not a trophy. You're a tool for using good works. And tools, you want to take care of them. You don't want them to get rusty, but you don't want to, like, chrome plate them and, like, put diamonds on them or stuff like that. That's just kind of a waste, isn't it? So what this is saying, because our bodies are tools to be used for good works, and we know we're going to get that glorified, resurrected body one day, we should take care of our bodies, right, After all, I'm a tool for doing good works to serve God and to serve others. So I want to take care of my body so that when those good works come, when those intersections of my ability and the needs of others come, I'm ready to to step into those. But at the same time, I'm not going to obsess over my little acorn body because there's too many good works to do. And this body, no matter how healthy or how beautiful or how impressive or how muscular it is in this life, is nothing compared to the oak tree body that I'm going to have one day. So what could this look like? Maybe it's the teenage girl that when she feels, when she feels dissatisfied with her body, I don't look like those Instagram models and, and, and whatever, that, yeah, I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to wear nice clothes, but I'm not going to... S- stand in front of the mirror and just obsess endlessly about why can't I look like that? Because one day, God is going to give me a body that's going to put all of that to shame. And in the meantime, there's too many people in my school that need me to be there for them to love and encourage them. Maybe it's the the middle-aged man who says, yeah, I'm going to try to take care of myself so that the cancer doesn't come back. I'm going to try to live the fullest, most healthy life that I can, but I'm not going to waste my time researching, I'm not going to spend all my time just researching medicine and researching new, new little biohacks and things like that, just so I can get an extra five years in this acorn body. Instead, I'm going to take care of myself, but focus on the good works that God has for me until he brings me home to give me the oak tree body. So let's go ahead and stand up. And uh, as the band lead us in these last two songs, let's remember the tables open for communion. Let's remember as you go to the table, if you are a disciple of Jesus, as you make your way to the tables, as you feel led, remember the one, Jesus, whose body was broken so that your body could be made powerful the one whose blood was shed so that your body could be raised up to be glorious. So as you feel ready, confess any sin, reconcile with anybody around you that you need to, and as you feel ready, make your way to the table and worship this God who gives us these glorious bodies by taking the, the bread and taking the cup. The